All right, good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. And uh, I guess we can call it uh, semifinal conference weekend for the NFL playoffs. Uh, what do we call it? Division, division weekend, right? Yeah, so uh, excited about that. Uh, looking forward to it. But before we delve into each of the matchups and who we like and all that stuff, Wiz, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on here because we've got a lot of coaching moves that are in motion some curious stuff, I think, uh, that we would want to address, address around uh, Eric, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, so, what's your thoughts so far on this coaching carousel? Well, I, I don't mind. I know, you know, I have a, several, more than several Jets fans, and I think their, you know, wish was to have Eric Bieniemy. But I don't mind what the Jets did, uh, and I, I like the combo of uh, bringing in LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, who is uh, the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. I don't like that comedy. I mean, I, I like that combination of lot, a lot of Salah and, um, and LaFleur. They need discipline. That's going to really help them. And then they're bringing somebody in creative offensively. And what that tells me by the hiring, it tells me something very clear to me, that the Jets – are going to stick with Sam Donald because I believe if they were going to use the draft or free agency, they would want to bring in somebody offensive-minded to be the head coach to go along with that. So reading the tea leaves, to me, the Jets hiring and bringing LaFleur is an indication that they're going to ride it out with Sam Donald. And making that second pick, in my opinion, a choice between an elite offensive lineman, um, which there was one from Oregon, and Smith from Alabama, wide receiver. I know it's very, very early and um, probably too early to talk about the draft, but I think they're going to stick with Donald and, um, and even make that choice of offensive line or wide receiver with their number two pick, which I think makes perfect sense. Uh, do you have the same thoughts about it, or do you not see the hiring as a prelude to the Jets sticking it out with Donald? Well, I think it's also interesting. Look, you, you know, there's a lot of veteran names, big names kind of being swirled around as well. Obviously, ex-college coaches, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, the fact that they're going in this direction, I completely agree with you. Like, Joe Douglas is, is making a call here. I'm sure this came up, uh, you know, very, very assertively in the conversations around the interview. You know, it's interesting for Kyle Shanahan. And he's losing his defensive and his offensive coordinator here. But look, uh, the way I look up to, uh, to this Jets job, right? Like, look at what Rex Ryan did in a short amount of time as the New York Jets football coach. First of all, he's he's made it into a, a second career career with ESPN. But but truthfully, uh, this Jets job, the ability to to win here in New York with the New York Jets. For if you can have that success as a football coach, that is going to go miles for your, uh, you know, for your pedigree. And I think I think I agree with you. I think Sam Darnold is is basically the direction that they they've agreed to go in. Uh, we can debate what they end up doing with that second round draft, with the second pick in the draft. Uh, I think certainly Devonta Smith has made qu- quite a resounding argument for himself to be a top five pick in this draft. Whether he goes to the Jets at two remains to be seen. But yes, I would agree with you for the, for the Jets. Sam Darnold is going to be their quarterback next year. I don't know if they sign him to a contract extension or not, but certainly it sounds like, and and look, I I think we could agree, the Jet defense actually last year 
And look, Greg Williams, you know, he made his own bed last year. But the, the Jet defense actually showed some signs of life. And you put a guy like Salah in there, and as you mentioned, bringing a kid like LaFleur, who, who is a very ingenuitive um, offensive mind, I think this is an interesting and a very good combination for the Jets football team. Yeah, that's how I see it. And uh, I think by doing that, you know, you kind of, you know, give some level of stability to it. And then it gives you, I think, two exciting choices at that offensive line. And, man, if they could um, get another elite offensive lineman to go with Beckton, I think that's fine. Or if they bring another dynamic receiver like Smith and you you combine him with Mims and Crowder, you know, working the spot, I think you have something there. So I think there's some reason to be excited for the Jets. Uh, I I like the hiring, and I like – uh, who he brought along with him to be offensive coordinator as well. You know, I would say this about the Jets offense. So first off, I think that I think Jamison Crowd is one of the top five slot receivers in, in all of the league, and I think he's got a tremendous rapport with, with Sam Darnold. We saw glimpses and only glimpses of Denzel Mims. This was a player that was hurt for the almost the entire first half of the season, no preseason reps whatsoever. And you saw some significant flashes in the second half of the year in, in, a, in a few games where he definitely shone. And I look at the Perryman is still there as well. I actually think the Jets have offensive pieces. We can have a conversation around what they're going to do at tight end. I think they can get by with the two running backs in, in Tyler Johnson and, and uh, LaMichael Pirine. Uh, while adding probably a veteran back. I don't know if it's going to be Frank Gore, but but adding a veteran back as well. I think there are some offensive pieces here in place where you can concentrate on the offensive line, on defense. And, you know, I can understand if they want to go Devonta Smith with that second pick. That would, But I don't think they need to go in that direction. I think they can build up the defense and the offensive line First and foremost, you know, again, there's going to be a lot of discussion about this. We've got plenty of time, but that's kind of my vision for what I see. I think they are very adequate at offensive positions right now. And Sam Darnold needs a foundation. He has not had that with this football team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I could see, you know, them going in either direction. Smith is a tough guy to kind of pass up on because he just has that look and feel of, a player who could excel, especially in today's NFL game, with the um, you know with, with the design, but uh, for the for the offensive and the, the type you know that he he's so clever and he's such a great round route runner <clears throat> and his suddenness and his you know speed and the fact that he has good hands and can catch that bubble screen. There's a lot to love about him, and I think the Jets. You know, whether they go offensive lineman or or wide receiver, that's one thing. But I think they have so much cap space and a player like Kenyon Drake or, uh, you know, a player like um, Mike Davis. You know, those are free agent available guys who are free agents next season. They probably wouldn't have to break the bank and make it, you know, some interesting, you know, give them some, another interesting player, as you mentioned, at, at running back. So maybe do something along those lines. That would make 
sense. A guy like Mike Davis is a good football player. Kenyon Drake's young and still, you know, he's not great. And we know we thought he was a little bit overrated this year. But he's a good player for the Jets to add. So I think keeping Donald, taking either a lineman or Smith with that number two pick, and then using that massive amount of free, you know, salary cap room to get bring in a Drake or a Mike Davis or a player like that makes a lot of sense. I'll give you one other name to to keep in mind potentially at running back, and, and given that it's San Francisco's staff that's basically coming into the Jets, but but Tevin Coleman is going to be a free agent as well. So I think Jarek yeah. Jer- McKinnon too. So just names to watch, just names to watch. That's that's, that's what I think we're looking at right now. Uh, so let me ask. And, yeah, and the other one, uh, you know, that the, the Urban Meyer signing is so interesting because it's just a guy who you know wasn't thought of, and people question his desire to coach football and. He's had health issues, and he's left job suddenly, and now, like, Jacksonville is <clears throat> bringing him the keys to the kingdom, and I think he realizes, man, there's an opportunity. The, the roster, young talent is good. We're going to have Trevor Lawrence. We like James Robinson a lot, and we have a ton of salary cap uh, space to, you know, hit some free agents as well, and uh, that's, that's kind of like Urban Meyer's specialty is like that evaluating talent and bringing it in. And uh, so I think Jacksonville is a team that, you know, they kind of in some ways remind me of what the Dolphins did at the end of the season a year ago where, you know, they were playing hard and they were in a lot of these games and they gave some of these teams fits at the end. And they were playing teams that were really fighting to make the playoffs and uh, they played hard. And uh, I don't know, there's a lot to like about the Jags going forward, considering new coach, Trevor Lawrence in, a lot of salary cap room, still a lot of good picks, a lot to like about the Jags. Yeah, and you know, the Jags have, you know, you mentioned they, that James Robinson, what he did last year, they, they've made a lot of draft picks last year at the, in the defense uh, positions. They were very young on defense, but I agree, they stayed competitive during the year. We still think a guy like LaVisca Chenault is going to be a good player. Uh, you know, DJ Shark, unfortunately, had a rougher year this past year. Excuse me, I had to sneeze there. Um but yeah, look, I think I think the foundation is here, and they're bringing in some interesting names I th- that I'm hearing at this point in time. You know, Scott Pioli, a veteran guy, he's helped build a couple of championship teams. Uh, it'll be interesting if he is actually the choice at GM. Uh, I know, like you mentioned, Meyer does have an eye for talent. Uh, there's a lot of discussion around a guy like Raheem Morris potentially being talked about as the defensive coordinator here, who he has had success as a, as a defensive guy in this league. Uh, you know, offensive guys, I think Scott Linehan's the name that I'm seeing right now as, as a front runner for the offensive coordinator. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the move. I don't love the situation around the franchise, the fact that they play three games in London or whatever, which is kind of a, a complicated situation outside of, you know, when we're outside of COVID and travel is going to be permitted. But yeah, I sure. do think the foundation here for this team is a good one, and as you mentioned, of course, Trevor Lawrence is going to be end up being the uh, first round, uh, you know, first first pick of the draft, and and Urban Meyer has uh, been enamored with this player for quite some time. And then the last thing I want to mention about you know the coaching situation for the upcoming you know season two thousand twenty one is my view is, and we haven't talked about this, <clears throat> but uh, you could tell me if you agree with this statement. But based on who's been hired already who are the names that are still left out there and which teams 
this thing is all teed up for Eric Bieniemy to be signed by the Chargers, and uh, there may have been already an agreement in place, and they're going to announce it whenever the Charger, the Chiefs, you know, make it to the Super Bowl or afterwards. But would you agree that with the teams that are left and the teams, the, the guys that have been hired, and the situation with um, you know Herbert and that roster and laden with good young players and. Uh, it's kind of like, I think the writing's on the wall and it's teed up for the enemy to take that job. Yeah, look, there's a lot of chaos in Houston and, you know, I kind of want to intertwine that into this and, and I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. It's an it's, it's a, it's a organization in disarray, but we t- when you look at what happened with the Chargers this year, they won their last four games. There was a mm-hmm. lot of questionable decisions that was made on that sidelines in terms of time management. I'm actually shocked that Anthony Lynn's being talked about as an offensive coordinator in this league again because I think that's kind of a, a reach at this point because I think last year he showed us that they were not very good in that department. But, yeah, I think this is teed up. This is a roster with talent on both sides of the ball. It's quite interesting, of course, that Eric Bieniemy would be in the same division as his Kansas City Chiefs. So that, that, that makes for quite an interesting storyline right there. But, yeah, this seems very likely that Eric Bieniemy will become the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll inject some energy into the franchise, which the franchise does need that, too. They need an identity. You know, they're sharing a stadium with the Rams. They left their fan base in San Diego. So there's a lot that needs to happen here pretty quickly. And they have a roster that's certainly capable of winning. Now, this team was 12-4 and four two years ago, right? Uh, or, or, yeah, or, I, I love that running back room. I, I talked about it. I thought in terms of youth and talent, that <clears throat> that that combination of Eckler and Justin Jackson and um, and you know Belage uh, started started playing well, and uh, it, you know it's just it's just a, a really good young running back room, and there's a lot to like about Herbert, and you know the receivers are just you know anytime you have a player like Keenan Allen leading the way, who's a great role model and an influence on the younger receivers there. I think it's an ideal situation. I would be shocked if that's not assigning Eric Bieniemy to the Chargers. And can I just, just the last thing we talk about, can you believe this crap that's going on around, I mean, I don't know how this kind of leaked out, and and it's just it's just kind of unbelievable for for a rookie quarterback who who just started uh, with the franchise. But some of the stuff that's come out about Tua, uh, you know, about players not not in favor of this, I, I just find it quite unbelievable. Look, I know we're in a social media age where this stuff gets out very very quickly. I just find it kind of disgusting. Give the guy an opportunity. Look, I just thought, you know, Wiz and I talked about this last year during the season. We thought it was a little early to go to, to Tua uh, as opposed to sticking with Ryan Fitzpatrick when the, on the time that they made the change. But come on, you know, look, they invested in this player for a reason. He's a talented guy. It remains to be seen what will happen. He, he had no preseason. He's coming off an injury. I mean, give the guy a little bit of an opportunity to show for himself. So I think it's interesting to kind of watch what's going on with both Miami and we mentioned Houston here in addition to that. You know, just wacky stuff happened. I think it's way too premature to start pulling the pulling the rug from underneath to it. Yeah, I think it's kind of fresh. You know, it's fresh in their minds that they lost that game, last game of the year, and they had their destiny in their own hands, and they got walloped by the Bills. And uh, I don't know, you know, it was just a terrible game overall. Their defense got lit up um, by a team who didn't need the game. You know, Josh Allen, some of those kids didn't even play the whole game. They put up so many points. It, 
it was just a bad game, but I think it's fresh in their minds and a little bit of sour grapes. And uh, yeah, it was bad timing not to have uh, Fitzpatrick available for that game. But I, I think Tua will be, you know, as you said, <clears throat> fine going forward, especially with a chance to have a, a real offseason um, coming into next year. So with that being said, why don't you take us out here? Love them, leave them. Division playoff weekend. Who are you loving and who are you leaving behind at quarterback this week? Okay, so uh, you, you may be surprised because I've been tooting his horn, you know, pretty much the whole season. But I'm going to leave Aaron Rodgers in this particular game. I, I think the Rams' defense—it's going to be a cold day in 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 Green Bay for this this game. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. Uh, I know the Rams come into this game with some injuries. Certainly, Aaron Donald is the one to watch. Obviously, the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and, and Devonta Adams is going to be is going to be certainly something to behold. But I don't know. I just just get this feeling that it, you know the expectation for Rodgers in this game probably are a little high. I know Rodgers is exceptionally better at home than he is on the road, and particularly during the playoffs. But I'm going to fade Aaron Rodgers. That's the that's the quarterback I'm going to fade. And the guy I, I love this week, and uh, we did a draft last night. And I think they're going to win the football game as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson is playing at a different level right now. He's been playing at a different level for quite a few weeks. But I think Lamar Jackson is going to take the Baltimore Ravens. To victory in this game against the Buffalo Bills. That's the quarterback I love this week. All right, well, I mean, I don't really have a view on Aaron Rodgers that much either way, but I, I will kind of disagree about the weather. It's going to be a balmy 33 in Green Bay with like five mile an hour winds. I mean, I seen Aaron Rodgers' interview, and uh, he said he was hoping it would be like zero degrees or 10 degrees. That's when he feels the Packers has an advantage. So I think if something's going to slow Aaron Rodgers down, it's more likely to be uh, Aaron Donald than, uh, than the weather. Uh, but with that being said, the quarterback I'm going to fade is Jared Goff, and uh, not really because of the weather, just because, man, I mean, out of every five passes he threw last week, three or four looked like it was coming out of his hand funky. I'm not sure how much better another, you know, six or seven days is going to make the thumb. But I think against Seattle, it was a different ball game, and it was a very conservative game plan. I think he's going to have to throw the ball and put up points. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I'm fading him. And I'm loving Drew Brees this week. Uh, I just hate what I've seen out of that secondary in Tampa. I mean, Tyler Heineke, they knew he was going to throw the ball the entire second half, and he was lighting them up with receivers that are not professional receivers. They're young guys, and, and some of their key guys were hurt. And now he goes up against, like, some real guys like Mike Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, guys who really understand, know how to run routes, and I don't know. I got a feeling it's going to be a long, long day. And while Tampa Bay has been able to take away the other teams, running back usually in fantasy regards, the secondary has been getting lit up, and I, I see another big day for the receivers and um, and all of them uh, for against against Tampa. So we'll see how that goes. I guess I'm going to move to running back, and I love three running backs this week, and I'm going to leave two behind. I'm leaving behind the Tampa Bay duo. I don't care who it is, Fournette. Jones, a combination of Fournette and Jones. You don't, and you can run the ball against the Saints. 
and I'm just going to leave those guys behind. If Tampa wins, I just feel they're going to have to be able to throw the ball against the Saints to win that game. And who I'm loving, I'm loving the guy we've been talking about since, I don't know, midway through the season almost every week. I'm loving J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I just think he has a real chance to do some big things against that Bills run game. I'm loving Nick Chubb. What's there not to love? I know they're a big underdog, but I think, you know, Stefanski is looking at his game plan and realizing we have got to get this ball to Nick Chubb early and often. And the fact that they utilized him in the passing game last week bodes even stronger for him having a great fantasy game. And I'm loving Daryl Williams from Kansas City, who seems to be the forgotten guy in that backfield. Like, is Clyde edwards Alaire going to play? If not, we got Le'Veon Bell. Don't forget about Le'Veon Bell. But the player that's been there and Kansas City relies on and they feel most comfortable with is Daryl Williams. So I'm loving what many people to be perceived as the third running back for the Chiefs this week. So that's what I got at running back. What say you? All right, so it's, it's funny. You talked about Jared Goff um, as a quarterback you, you don't like, and, and I don't like him either. I, I, I think, to me, that's kind of obvious. What I agree with it, though, I agree with the standpoint. And based on that view, the Green Bay Packers are going to let Jared Goff try and beat them, and he's not going to be able to do that. So who is going to be impacted most by that? Cam Akers. I know Akers is playing really well the second half of the season. Uh, I'm not saying that the defensive front of the Green Bay Packers is anything like any, any of the defensive fronts, say, like of the Saints or, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to say that. But he's going to have a big-time uh, presence with seven, eight guys stuffed in the box against him. So I'm fading Cam Akers. I'm also going to fade I'm going to fade Alvin Kamara in this ballgame. Now, the likelihood that Kamara is going to be very involved in this game is pretty high because two guys are banged up, and that's both uh, Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill. But I just don't think you can run the ball very effectively against Tampa Bay. You know, to Wiz's point, I think Drew Brees is going to be throwing the ball early and often. But in the running game, I don't think Kamara will be able to get much going against Tampa Bay. So I'm going to fade him a little bit. And I'm not going to say he's not going to have a good ball game, but I just don't think you're going to get it from the rushing game for him. I think you'll see it in the passing game. And, you know, Wiz and I don't talk about these things beforehand, but he mentions two running backs that I have on my love list this week. Nick Chubb goes without saying, I hand the ball off to this player over 30 times in this game. Make sure Patrick Mahomes is not on the field. He's the most effective weapon. Wiz talked about him in the past game. Uh, it's funny, in the player props, they got a little wise. They moved his yardage up three yards this week. Um, but he's the guy I absolutely love this week. And the other guy is Darrell Williams because I don't think Hilaire's going to be playing in this ballgame. Le'Veon Bell looks like he's running in mud and looks like he is completely finished and washed up as a football player. And for that reason, Darrell Williams, and I would even argue as good as uh, Darwin Thompson looked, I think we could see him even sprinkled in, especially if Hilaire is, is inactive this week. Uh, I look for those two running backs to be the main beneficiaries if there's no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this uh, particular ballgame. Very good. Very good. I, I kind of I like the Kamara fade in regards to where his numbers might be, and I agree it's just so difficult. But, man, if there's no Murray, there could be such, such high volume for Kamara. I understand that you realize that as well. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you on the thinking. That's for sure. So as far as thinking goes, who are you thinking that you're going to love this week at wide receiver and who are you leaving behind? So I've talked about this player quite a bit lately. Um, 
about midway through the season, I drafted Marquise Brown in a couple of different leagues this year. I expected much bigger things from him. It didn't happen. Uh, he was quite pissed off during the season. He, he complained about it. He tweeted about it. And ever since that time, they have made it a point to get this football player the ball. And they're getting him the ball in a variety of ways. They've done some jet sweeps with him. But he is getting the most targets in this passing game. And for that reason, and, and in this game, I, don't think, I, I know Tredavious White will probably be trying to trail him a little bit. But look, Marquise Brown and, and Lamar Jackson have been playing very well together over the last few weeks. I'm going to continue to ride that wagon. I love Marquise Brown this week. I absolutely love Jarvis Landry. Uh, I think he is going to be the beneficiary in this particular ball game of a lot of attention and a lot of volume. And we've talked a lot about the Buffalo Bills running game or lack thereof. And as a result of that, What's not to love about Cole Beasley, who will act as the running game? I think you'll see Cole Beasley get somewhere between 8 and 10 catches in this particular ball game. So those are the three guys that I love. I'm just going to fade one guy this week, and it's Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans had two weak games against New Orleans this year. The New Orleans secondary is at full strength now. The injuries, Lattimore's out there. Uh, I just think it's a it's a rougher haul against this particular team. He does not put up he has not put up great numbers in the last two years against New Orleans. So that is the that is the wide receiver that I'm going to fade. Uh, it's Mike Williams. I know he's been a relatively hot player. He is a little bit banged up, but that's the guy I'm fading this week. <clears throat> Mike Evans, not Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Evans. I'm sorry. Yep. Sorry. No problem. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, you know, it just seems Lattimore has Evans' number. I'm not sure Evans didn't look like he was a hundred percent. I know, you know, he ended up with a good, you know, ended up having a good game last week. But Lattimore in that same secondary is a different ball game. So I'm with you on Evans. Um, I'm loving Mike Thomas this week. I just think he has gotten back to game. He looked like his old self and. They are not going to be able to cover this player. They are just not going to be able to defend him. Sean Payton is a master at creating these mismatches. And, you know, if they're going to try and get the breeze, it's going to be at the expense of that secondary. And I think Mike Thomas is going to have a gigantic game. And I'm with you 100% on Cole Beasley. I'm loving Cole Beasley uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, so I'm loving Mike Thomas, <clears throat> Cole Beasley, and I'm leaving behind uh, Mike Evans. I'm with you there as well. So I'm going to take it to tight end, and um, there are four tight ends I love. One of them is Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to even, you know, uh, you know, really put that in there. You don't need me to tell you that. <clears throat> but the Bills could not cover the Colts tight ends, Marley Cox, Jack Doyle, Burton, Enter Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is going to have a monstrous game uh, catching the ball against that Bill secondary. Green Bay's playing at home. You know what that means? It's Robert Tanyan time. I'm loving him. And it seems as the season has gone on that Baker Mayfield has just got this tremendous connection going on with Austin Hooper. So I'm loving Mark Andrews. I'm loving Tanya. I'm loving Hooper. And the tight end I'm leaving behind, and this is one of my strongest leaves of the year, I'm leaving behind Gronkowski. For the simple reason that I've been watching Tampa Bay these last few weeks and to help 
Brady with that offensive line back there. They're keeping him in the line to block. They're sending Brady out in more patterns. I am leaving behind Gronk. I'm waiting for those prop numbers to come out on Gronk. They're not, but I'm going under on everything as far as Gronkowski this week. What say you with tight end? All right, so uh, we have some agreement here. So the, the two tight ends I don't like this week, Gronk is one of them, and exactly the reason that you articulated. Uh, you know, he is still a premier blocker, and they're keeping him in to do that. Uh, we know what the New Orleans front did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a, a few weeks back, and they will make sure that that does not happen again. So 100% Gronk will be in blocking more than he's out there receiving. That is a massive fade. I agree. The other guy I'm fading, as much as you love Drew Brees in this game, but he comes into this game not really particularly healthy. I think you could see actually Adam Troutman do more in this game, but I'm fading Jared Cook. I think he's just too touchdown dependent. That's the guy I'm fading. And the two tight ends that I love this week, you mentioned both of them. I love Tanyan because I think Look, Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of that attention in the secondary. I think you'll see Tanyan be the beneficiary of that for the Green Bay Packers. And the connection between Mayfield and Hooper has been on the rise late in the season. They've continued to go to this player. Remember, they don't really have a significant second presence as a receiver here. And Hooper has been definitely getting more and more looks in this offense. So those are the two tight ends I love, Austin Hooper and Robert Tanyan. All right. Excellent. I mean, just about complete agreement there, and we don't talk about these things at all before we come on and do these podcasts. So, with that being said, why don't you take us out? There are four games this week, four, you know, eight different sides you could take, and four different, uh, and you know, four unders or four overs out of all of that. What do you love this week in terms of the point spread? Okay, so I got, I got a view on each of the four games. Uh, I'll start with the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game. I know what happened the last time these teams met. I think Tampa Bay is playing a completely different brand of football right now. I think they've made a lot of adjustments. We talked about Gronk staying into block, things like that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting three points. You know, the New Orleans Saints has, have delivered nothing but disappointment to their fans over the last few years in playoffs. Not, nothing to do with them. They've just been bur- beaten and burned by plays every time we look around. The Minneapolis Miracle, referee calls. And look, I think this is the end of Drew Brees' career. I, I would love to see him go out in storybook fashion. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting three points. Uh, I have a strong view on what the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to try to do in this football game. Kevin Stefanski is a super smart football coach. He's got a weapon like Nick Chubb. He has one in uh, Kareem Hunt as well. I like the under. I think the clock is going to be a big factor in this game. I like under 56.5 points. Cleveland, Kansas City. Uh, let's go to the Raven-Bill game. Look, I think this has been a marvelous season for the Buffalo Bills, but I think the Ravens have a hop in their step. They're going to be getting three points in this particular ball game. I know there'll be a few fans in the crowd, but I just love the way the Ravens are playing. I love the way Lamar Jackson's playing. Getting three points against the Bills, I like the Ravens in this game. And the last one, I just don't think Jared Goff's 100%. Green Bay is tough to beat at home in the playoffs. Uh, I think this take the Southern California boys and put them in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I like the Green Bay Packers laying six and a half against the L.A. Rams. Those are my four football bets for each of the games this week. Actually, you got a view on all of them. So I guess I'll give a little bit of the view on all of them. A couple I like more than others. Let's start with the first game on Saturday. Um, the Rams' defense stifles Seattle's offense. 
Seattle's offense was stifled by everybody in the second half of the year. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Um, their play design was terrible. Um, and aside from Metcalf and Lockett, like the others on Seattle, just incapable of doing anything, I think the difference is the others on Green Bay, if you want to you know, account as Devontae Adams is the lead guy and kind of Aaron Jones is 1B, 1A and 1B. The others on Green Bay can do stuff, and they will do stuff. Uh, MVS drops passes, but he's capable of making big players. I like Alan Lazard. Tanya, we mentioned. Jamal Williams. If they get the lead, you may see some A.J. Dillon. There's a lot to like about Green Bay in this game. And, well, Seattle's... Offense was completely stagnant. I think you'll see a creative Green Bay put mismatches all over the field and make Goff throw the ball, and uh, I see a big Packer win. I'm with you on the Ravens. This is a situation where <clears throat> both teams have gotten over that playoff hump, if you will. The Bills finally winning a playoff game have destiny of, of doing something great with that Bills mafia, and Lamar Jackson winning that one playoff game, getting that monkey off his back. So I like the Ravens a little bit, but there's a lot of things going on with Buffalo that I like. So I'm liking the Ravens, but I don't love it. I like the Browns with 10 points. I know people think, you know, Pittsburgh, whatever, they gave the game to the Browns, and now Kansas City, Andy Reid off the bye, if you will, at home, going to wipe the floor with Kansas City. And, look, I may sound really foolish. It'll end up looking really foolish, and Kansas City wins a game 40 Eight to ten, that can happen. But I'm predicting this stuff before the game is played. So I'm going to take the Browns with the ten points. I see Nick Chubb as being the kryptonite to a lot of teams, which I mentioned. I think they're going to stay in this game. And um, if Kansas City gets off to a slow start, which they have in some of these playoff games in the past, can't, the Browns can hang in this game. So I'm taking them plus ten. And I see the other the game, the last game, the other way. The Saints just seem to have their number. Um, and I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. And that secondary is tough to have to throw the ball against all the time. And while well, I'm a little concerned or a lot concerned, actually, about that Saint offense, I still think that they're a bad matchup for, for, for Tampa Bay. So I'm going to like the Saints playing three. So that's what I have. And uh, let's, let's move over to props where I guess – are you ready for the props? I mean, I'll go yeah. first. But I just want to know, was there anything you wanted to add on the games? I'll tell you the one interesting thing about – Kansas City, since I think the beginning of November, they have not beaten an opponent by more than eight points. I found that very interesting. Yes. So let's go to props. I love four props this week. Um, five, actually, but one is not up yet. So the one that's not up yet is Gronk is not listed on any of the props. I'm playing under receptions, yards, anything that's available under on Gronk. The other four I like over. Let's start um, in the first game. Um, I'm going to give a guru special here. I'm going A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers over nine and a half rushing yards. Everything fits this perfectly. You have a team that really likes to have an aggressive pass rush, who likes to play man-to-man defense. They turn their back on the field of play. And Aaron Rodgers in playoff game is a willing, willing runner. I am loving Aaron Rodgers over nine and a half rushing yards. In the Browns-Bill game, I love too. 
you have to lay 160 to win 100, but Cole Beasley at over three and a half receptions, I would classify as a laughing joke. He may get that on the first possession the Bills have the ball. I mean, there are so many reasons to like this. First of all, the, the, the Ravens play aggressive man-to-man. They, 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 they get a, the Bills are going to be sending Gabriel Davis deep, John Brown deep, digs deep on a lot of passing plays. Patrick Queen, he's a good player, but he is susceptible to the passing game at middle linebacker. That's what Cole Beasley roams. I am loving Cole Beasley at three and a half. I had to do a triple take on that number. I think that's a joke. <clears throat> I love Mark Andrews over four and a half receptions. As I mentioned, the Colts tight ends are decent tight ends, but they're not Mark Andrews, and they caught probably double-digit catches last week. I'm loving Andrews over four and a half receptions. And the last one is, <clears throat> I love Tyree Till over, but not God's receptions. If you look at the way that the Cleveland Browns played last week, and I'm sure they're going to have a similar defense, they are not going to want to be on the highlight reel of a Tyree Till 70, 80-yard touchdown pass, which means there are going to be a ton of short passes, comebacks, crossing patterns. I'm loving Tyreek Hill over six and a half receptions. And as I mentioned, I haven't seen Gronk yet, but I'm loving under on anything with Gronk. Those are the ones I love. I'm feeling confident. Let's say you props this week. I've taken it upon myself, Wiz, just to let you know why you, why you were talking to, uh, because I had a view very strongly on two of the things that you chose. Um, so I've already put in a, a, a bet um, for both of us. Because the Cole Beasley thing is just a laughable line. Yeah. So Beasley uh, over three and a half catches. Uh, Before you continue, sorry to interrupt. I'll just say one thing. The only way the Cole Beasley does not catch four passes or more, and I really hope this doesn't happen to any player, especially Cole Beasley, because I'm going to be making this bet, is some sort of an injury. Otherwise, if he plays that game, that is is a complete joke. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that so that's already been put just to let you know so you don't have to worry about that one. And the Aaron Rodgers one as well um, because I just think it's dictated that in, in a game where you're going to get pressured and we talked about the offensive line, Bakhtiari being out for the season, you know, they're not playing at full strength there and, and Aaron Rodgers will have to, uh, you know, make, make a little bit of uh, moves in a few of these times where coverage breaks down and he's not unable to find a receiver and he's going to have to take off. So this is the perfect scenario for him to do so. Um, I like a few other prop bets and I'll, and I'll give you them as well. I don't think Tom Brady's passing for over 300 yards in this particular ball game, so I'm going to fade that under 305 and a half yards, Tom Brady yardage. Lamar Jackson has just been a slam dunk rusher right now. 74 and a half yards rushing. I'm going over Lamar Jackson. I talked about Jared Allen rushing. We talked about the, the rushing game of the Buffalo Bills or lack of it. So 38 and a half yards. I'm going over for a ja- for um, Josh Allen. Excuse Josh me. Allen. Um, and then the last two, uh, you know, I've talked about the Nick Chubb receiving yards. They snuck it up from nine and a half to 12 and a half. Only one game in the last seven has that number not stood? Uh, I'm going over Nick Chubb, 12 and a half yards receiving. In the last two, it's going to be Austin Hooper, over 38 and a half yards receiving, and Alvin Kamara, over 35 and a half yards receiving. You think the, the Beasley uh, three and a half um, catches is a joke? I think the Kamara uh, at three, 35 and a half yards receiving is a complete joke. So those are, the, those are my picks um, for, for the prop bets this week. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it, not, there's none of them that I would say, you know, I, I would take the other side of, <clears throat> yeah, there were, there, were, there were just some. I think we're in agreement <clears throat> on all of these, just, you know, you like some a little stronger than I. I like some a little stronger than you. But, yeah, <clears throat> I'm with you, and I think uh, the one thing with Drew Brees is he loved using Kamara in the passing game. So, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. He may easily catch five, six passes, and uh, that, that one should go over as well. All right, good stuff. So, so that's going to be it for uh, for Guru and Wiz here as we talk about these divisional uh, matchups. Uh, excited for some for some good football. Uh, there's some interesting matchups. Uh, hopefully, uh, you guys can see all these games. Uh, it's nice that the NFL has done a nice job of moving these games later in the day, which is all, all, always really helpful. But excited for the football games this week. Hopefully, you got some action on these games as well. Uh, Wiz, I wish you a good weekend. Uh, good luck, and we'll talk, uh, of course, on your prop uh, positions this week. But that's going to be it. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Make sure you're on there. We've been trying to help everybody all year long, and ho- hopefully you guys have been listening because overall we have been making some money this year. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And good luck to everyone this weekend as well.